This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Chali Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, downtown is back, at least according to some new traffic data. But there's a lot more to the story than just numbers. Me and producer Paul Caroli are talking about who's going back downtown, why, and all the other local stories that matter this week. Today is Tuesday, August 1st. I'm Bree Davies, and here's what Denver's talking about. Hi, Paul. Happy Colorado Day, Bree. Oh, it's Colorado Day? It sure is. I feel like I'm always caught off guard by this, and I actually don't know what it means. Yeah, well, there's like six of them. There's like 303 Day. There's like, right. you know, is this maybe like, there's only two. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm a, a bunch too. Um, is this a, like a founder, uh, it's, a founding day? Yeah, it's the August 1st marks the 147 year anniversary of Colorado becoming a state. I recently came across this because uh, Mamie Eisenhower came to Denver for the christening of her Eisenhower Park. It's not named after President Eisenhower. It's oh, named really? after Yeah, when I was doing oh, a little research wow. on New Hills. She came here for Colorado Day for the christening of Mamie D. Eisenhower Park. I love that. So just so you history. know, folks in New Hills, your park is named after the First Lady. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. There's a little fact for you on Colorado Day. Well- here we are yeah. on the Tuesday show. As always, we're going to start with a vibe check because <laughs> this is Colorado and vibes are literally the most important thing, period. In the most Colorado experience I had in a while, um, I was down at UMS with my friends and we were like figuring out when we were going to, I don't know, we were making a plan and I was like, how many of us drove? Oh, you know, there were five of us standing there and <laughs> four of us had cars. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Which is what I call the Colorado carpool. Five people, four cars. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, but it's really, I want to talk about, when I talk about vibes today, I want to talk about cars because over the weekend, in a, 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 late last week, our friend John Moore, longtime reporter, arts critic, arts critic reporter, reporter, he's with the, the Denver uh, Gazette now. Yep. He posted a picture on Instagram of the casino building, which is one of the main buildings at Lakeside, with like a giant chunk taken out of it where a car had smashed into it. And I was just like, you know what Lakeside needs? Definitely not to have any more infrastructure damage. Yeah, not that. And I thought, how do you drive off of the road, off of, Sh is it Sheridan? It's on Sheridan. Mm -hmm. And into this, I mean, you have to kind of go a ways to I, hit it. I saw the picture you shared. They took quite a gash out of the corner of this yeah. building. Yeah. And it really bummed me out. And then... Um, Must have been an electric car. <laughs> nobody heard it coming. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, and then over the weekend, when I was at UMS, I was standing in a venue. Uh, in, mm -hmm. It was broad daylight. I think it was broad daylight. 
Actually, I don't know when it happened. Gosh, that's what a blur UMS is for people. And I don't even drink. Um, but we heard a, we heard like a boom. It was like almost like a sonic boom. And I was like, what was that? And we run out on the street and someone had turned on to Broadway at the intersection where Snooze and um, the Punchbowl is and right. hit the street light. Huh. Just like smacked really hard into it. And it had me thinking about um, 2018 when three different cars ran into the Hornet over the course of the year. And I'm just like, what's going on? How do you run into a bill or like, I just. I've never been close to doing that in my car. I have to say it's never. I mean, maybe are you swerving out of the way of something? Are you. Honestly, I think, but like the speed of impact had to be drugs or alcohol. Right. That was my first question. But I watched the lady like get out and walk and have a seat and start talking to somebody. So I assume that maybe it wasn't that. Um, But it just seemed like the speed at which she hit it seemed really fast for being at an intersection in a heavily pedestrian. I mean, it's UMS. There are people wandering through Broadway all day for like three days straight. So I don't know. It also just had me thinking about how. I've had so many conversations lately anecdotally with random friends and family about how dangerous it is to be on the road, not only as a pedestrian, but as a driver in Denver right now. It feels like people are speeding the aggression, the, you know, sort of like the the road rage is really, really high. And I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, uh, my friend Sarah, who was just like, <gasps> like, sometimes you get off the road because you're worried that someone's like flipping you off and you don't even know what's going on. And I just don't know if there's data to back this up, but like, is road rage getting worse? And are people have no idea. Are people speeding more? Like, it feels like... You've noticed both, you think? Absolutely. Hmm. Like, you'll just be going... I'll be going the speed limit on Alameda, which can be around, like, I think it's, like, 35 or 40. I'm usually going under 40. And someone will ride up on me and whip around me, like, I can't believe you're going slow. And I'm like, this is not the highway. Hmm. So, I don't know. I'm hoping some data comes out that we can have a conversation about. But I've been thinking I don't even about know what our, that would be. I don't know either. But like, is road rage Arrests, on the rise? Maybe. Hmm. Oh, and speeding tickets. Are they giving them? I don't know. So the vibe is, as usual, pandemonium on our streets. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Cars running into things. Cars running into things. I saw motorcycles racing down Broadway during a pedestrian-oriented festival. Just really bummed me out. I wish everybody would slow down. Feel bad for Lakeside. Oh, and then Lakeside. Cyclone's still closed as far as I know. That, for yeah. Like going on a year. That's their best ride. That big old wooden 100%. roller coaster. I love it. It's the draw. Would love to be going back and riding that. Yeah, I saw. And sadly, some of the comments on, on John's post about that crash were like, oh, Rhoda, the owner of Lakeside's mm-hmm. never going to fix it. She doesn't care. And I don't think that the, it's not that she doesn't care. It seems like it seems like a heavy load. And I wonder what's going on with Lakeside. Yeah. Yeah, we should try to figure that out. We should. Okay, Paul, our first story, mm-hmm. our first big news-ish story is that traffic has bounced back to pre-pandemic levels to downtown, like downtown traffic, and it is not commuters. It's not workers. Wait, 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 wait. We have to settle on that point, that first point for a second, because that's a really big deal. That's okay. like the thing that people downtown leaders, civic leaders have been talking about and worrying about and hand-wringing about for years since 2020. No one's coming back. The commuters are all working remote. No one's coming back. All these businesses are suffering. Look at all this crime that's happening. Oh, yeah, Downtown is dead. All Everyone's leaving. It's never going to happen. What are we going to do? You know? And uh, so this data 
that comes to us courtesy of the Denver Business Journal by way of a Washington-based traffic analysis firm called INRX has, has shown that Denver's traffic has bounced back. I don't, you just glossed over the fact that this is a Kirkland, Washington-based group. Do you know what Kirkland is? No, what is that? That's the Costco brand. Did you know Kirkland oh, was a place? Co- no. <laughs> well, for all my fellow Costco lovers, your K- Kirkland signature is a place. I almost left out the most important detail. I know. So, okay. Anyway, I'm sorry to, to I'm sorry to digress. No, that's fine. I, I think this is interesting though, because we had a reader uh, or listener last mm-hmm. week point this out. She said, hey, you guys are like mischaracterizing downtown. And I pushed back a little bit because she identified as a worker who now works from home. And it's like, almost like those are two different things happening. Maybe the conversation yeah. about office workers and empty offices versus downtown being bustling and busy. Yeah, well, that's 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 the other part of it. That's what you were alluding to was yes, this I'm other sorry. new development, which is traffic is different. Traffic patterns are different because there are still a lot of those remote workers who are staying at home or staying in their suburb, or maybe they got a co-working space in the suburb now. Um, but people are coming downtown instead on nights and weekends. That's what the transportation analysis who led the study. His name is Bob. Pishu, Pishui, perhaps. Um, he says, what that tells me is that a lot of people are coming into downtown for reasons other than the office. I think they're coming down for like restaurants, for like Coors Field, you know, sports. They're coming down for concerts, Taylor Swift concerts. Sure. All sorts of things. Sure. And th- and this particularly interesting thing from the same person who, uh, who led the study, he says that this is happening more in downtown than in other cities across the country. In downtown Denver? In downtown Denver. It's happening in other cities where more people are coming down on nights and weekends than during rush hour times for you know commuters. But Denver has more of a draw downtown. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? I think we always like give Denver such a hard time, downtown especially, such a hard time. But this data is telling us that Actually, Denver is doing pretty good when it comes to like maintaining a lively, friendly atmosphere on nights and weekends. And it's and it's drawing people down. So uh, Courtney Garrett, head of the Downtown Denver Partnership, said something to, to this effect. Denver and Colorado also have a culture of going out and prioritizing experiential pursuits more than other areas do. Yeah. What do you think about that? Do you buy that? No. Why not? Why would San Francisco and New York not have exceedingly much more experiential? Yeah. You know I what know. I mean? Well, I'm, I, with the culture, we like experiences more. I have not ever heard anything like that. I haven't either. And also, I don't go downtown for exper- to experience Denver. Hmm. But maybe you're right. Ball Arena, sure. Last year, I went to a bunch of Nuggets games. Saw Pitbull, of course, as I one is to do every time he's here. Um, but then, of course, we went when we. But during all those times, we yeah. also went to like Ryan House for dinner yeah. or get a meal, get a drink. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I mean, I can see what she's saying. I guess the experiential part, I'm always like suspicious of because Denver's not more prone to going out and experiencing the city than anywhere else, right? But I the data it shows is. it is. I guess it is fascinating. Fascinating stuff. Um, Also, though, I do. I'm curious. One more thing, Paul, though, is like the reality. I'm still stuck on this reality. We work downtown once a week and there is nary a soul in our entire building that we interact with other than the security guard. Well, I mean, that's where the data does back that up. Our anecdotal experience where people are not still working downtown Mm -hmm. at the same levels as they were. And that seems like a bigger issue. 
Although I've heard from some people that they're they're trying their their bosses are trying to get them to go back down to the office, Which you know, just a like, few different companies. My eye my eye roll is endless on that. <laughs> yeah, you just think it's not going to happen? I just think it's unreasonable. I think that folks realized once we were out of our for nine to fivers, I would say for folks yeah. that have the luxury of not going into a workplace, because if you do a service job or a labor, a, you know, a physical labor job, you don't get that choice. But for folks that have these kinds of jobs, we realized how much time we were spending commuting, how much time we were spending prepping to go to work, lunch, getting your gym bag together, organizing your childcare around it. And doctor's appointments, all these things are so much easier when you're at home, mm-hmm. right? I just I, I just find it unrealistic. And I also find it to be this like weird power dynamic where bosses are like, we want you to come in. But like they've been enjoying all these things for years. For sure. <laughs> right. For sure. Well, I, I personally, I feel like it's uh, that's an ongoing discussion. And there's a big experiment happening right now. This is a report I saw in Business Den this morning. Excel Energy is sending 1,300 employees based in Denver to their Denver office. They they lease like t- almost 300,000 square feet of space downtown. And so they're actually telling people for the first time, hey, it's time to go back. And so they're not sure how it's going to work. Apparently their leases are up soon, so they might not renew. I, I don't know. I'll be watching that one. I think that's, it could be uh, a they, good test. I'm sorry. Are they dumb? Do they not think that we don't see what they're doing? What do you I mean? spent all this money on this office. Somebody better use it. Like, well, maybe sorry. they see there's other benefits. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I think that this is this is a this is another symptom of a real estate problem that we have in this country, which is real estate costs too much money, and they feel like they're not getting their money's worth. Mm-hmm. Think about. I, I've talked about this before. The office next to us at fifty two eighty looks like a still life. There was an actual man in there the other day, and it startled me. I've never seen a human in that office. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, there's a person in there. Because it's just so rare. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. This feels like a power, this feels like a power struggle for bosses. I, I don't love it. A power struggle is a perfect word for it. Yeah. So. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, call us in. Let us know what you think about downtown right now. What's got you getting out? Leave us a voicemail at the uh, downtown, downtown is back. Question mark? <laughs> Hotline 720-500-5418. Again, that is 720-500-5418. It's time for a quick break. We'll be back with more. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade, hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. This episode is brought to you by the Denver Botanic Gardens. It's time for the 75th annual spring plant sale at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Mark your calendars for Friday and Saturday, May 10th and 11th. Admission is free, but you must register in advance at botanicgardens.org. Registering my husband, Greg, right now. 
for the plants I want him to pick out and plant in our yard for me. <laughs> Shop from 15 different plant divisions, including annuals, house plants, herbs and veggies, and specialties like aquatics, container garden in a bag, and plants grown right at the gardens. The garden's horticulture staff will be on site to answer any and all plant questions you may have. This sale emphasizes water smart and native plants that are perfect for our semi-arid climate. They'll be great for a beautiful landscape that doesn't require a bunch of water. For more details, registration information, and a catalog of available plants, go to botanicgardens.org. That's botanicgardens.org. Okay, we're back. Now it's time for us to hear from you. What do you have to say? Um, we always love hearing uh, from our listeners. You guys are great. You share perspectives with us that we don't have, and I think that's so important. But um, last week, I mentioned my rec center. I love I, the one I've been going to, Ashland, on the north side. I've been going there for swimming lessons with my son. The experience is phenomenal, and it just made me think about my favorite rec centers, right? I grew up going to Cook Park in your neighborhood, Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, 20th Street is forever where my heart is. I love the staff there. But you all had rec centers you loved as well. So let's hear from our listeners about their favorite rec centers. Hello, Bree and Paul. I just listened to your episode on the uh, Denver rec centers. And uh, I got to tell you, um, I went to uh, the House of Pain for boxing myself. I don't know if they still call the 20th Street rec center that or not. But that was a lovely place. Went all around the Denver Rec Centers. Uh, Lazma Rec Center was one of our favorites, and Barnuman was one of our favorite rec centers. Love the park there. And they have a fun little bike track for kids who like doing the uh, BMX-type biking. So that would be my recommendation. Oh, I this one warmed my heart because he mentions like almost all my favorite rec centers. He mentioned 20th Street. So uh, it again, it has been known for over 80 years as a space for uh, boxers. It has a boxing ring. It used to be known, as he said, as the House of Pain. A lot of boxers. I've never heard that. It was just, I used to go there a lot. I've never heard that. I They took the signs down, but it was like, oh, I really? would say probably in the, it was up until the early 2000s, probably maybe in the mid 2000s that it was, it was House of Pain. Fun. It was great. Yeah. And then um, I think you mentioned the Trestle bike, spill, uh, bike Skills course at Barnum, which is this bike track of like dirt bike hills that runs right along 6th Avenue. It's super cool. So you're like, you can ride your dirt, like you can do BMX riding there and you're watching the highway. <laughs> like it's like right next to it. It's crazy. <laughs> and La Alma also, a very small but mighty rec center in the La Alma Lincoln Park neighborhood. So Nice. Nice. Let's hear another one. Hey, my name is Nate from Baker, and I just wanted to give a shout-out to my favorite rec center, which is the La Familia Rec Center. All those employees that make the rec center what it is deserve praise. Um, they're all wonderful. Make it a fun and clean environment. Thanks. Bye. I do not know the La Familia Rec Center. Where is that? It's another small rec center in, like, La Alma Lincoln Park. It's kind of on the um, – it's – like – uh -huh. La Alma is in La Alma, the park itself. And then if you go a little bit south, I think almost to six, it's like a little bit deeper into the neighborhood, that direction. And it's also just another very small, but it has an indoor pool. Neat. Um, it's just one of those hyper, hyper local ones. And I love that he brought up the staff because I have to say that's one of my favorite parts about all of the rec centers I've been going to my whole life here is the staff is always really nice. It's just a, it's a cool spot. It makes you feel welcome. All right, we got one last voicemail. Okay. Hello, this is Monica from the Lowry area. Um, Bree, I listened to a recent 
episode and love that you give a shout out to the Parks and Rec staff for swim classes because, yeah, we have also ventured into the Treacherous Lottery and we love, love, love the staff in the swim classes. That said, this message is actually for Paul Caroli. So in a recent chit-chat about Avery, um, as one of the their 30th anniversary is one of the events to do this weekend, Paul said, yeah, I would totally pick up a six-pack of Avery at my local grocery store. And I just want to give a shout-out to the local um, liquor stores because, as you know, there were some recent changes in policy where grocery stores can now have booze, but that's not so great for the local liquor stores because they are not allowed to have more than one location that has um, sales, whereas the grocery stores are. So, Paul, be sure to pick up a six-pack of Avery at your local liquor store. I just agree with this for multiple reasons. Uh, one, I grew up going to the liquor store by your house, Paul. Okay. It was called Virginia Village. I don't know if it's still there. And uh, it, it was nice to have a, to me, it was like cool to have a local liquor store that was not, I don't know, it's just, it's another independently owned business to me. And two, I hate that my grocery store is now like a quarter full of like booze that no one is shopping. Hmm. There are like three aisles of wine marry a person ever in that aisle and it's where the bread used to be hmm. so could i just have the bread back and then we could just all go back to going to locally owned liquor stores well i think if no one's shopping for your alcohol at your store they're going to go back to bread soon enough i wouldn't be worried about that what did you think about this comment oh, Paul? It was i directed loved at you. it i loved it i loved it i was so excited when this popped up because i had an experience at my grocery store this uh weekend and they have already shifted the balance of the the beer in the fridges this this summer. So I don't know. I was I, when I heard this, I was thinking about our beverages conversation from a few weeks ago. Like, what are people drinking this yeah. summer? And the craft beer section at King Supers has gotten so small. There's so much more space taken up by hard seltzers oh. like White Claw, and like the 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 selection for those craft beers that I like is is uh, it's getting smaller and smaller. Like, I don't know if they're gonna have Avery forever. I might end up going back to the the local liquor store more and more for a more selection. I mean, I hate to get hyper local here with you, Paul, but are you, do you go to the King Supers on Leedsdale? Um, Monaco and Leedsdale. Yeah. There's a liquor mm-hmm. store next to it. There used to be, it went out of business oh, because of this law oh, and the last right. few laws that all kind of I was just accelerated say, the same issue. Oh, bummer. Meh. Well, maybe it brings them back. Maybe. I know this sounds crazy to me to be arguing for <laughs> independently yeah. owned liquor stores as a person that doesn't drink, but I would like to have less of it in my grocery store. And if you want to go buy it, go to an independently owned. That seems like a win. To me, it's a win-win. I understand the accessibility. Like, oh, I could just walk in and grab a six pack or whatever. But like I said, there's too much of it and no one's shopping it. So maybe just a more curated selection. They'll figure it out. That sells. They'll, they'll, they'll adjust to demand wherever the demand is. I think. I don't know. I love this comment though. Thank you for bringing it back up. Yeah. Thanks so much, Monica. Thanks for calling in. Thanks, Monica. We got one last thing before we go today. Um, Every Tuesday, we like to end the show on a question for you all to think about this week. Uh, So this is a story that you flagged last week, Bree. Apparently, there's a new piece of public art at the airport. Yeah. Um, It's a piece called Welcome to My Office by Seward (laughs) Johnson. And it is a businessman sort of lounging, reading a paper, and um, anyway, and his briefcase is open. His briefcase is open. A, a very airport type archetype, I guess. It, well, it's an airport archetype, and it also seems to just flow seamlessly right into the collection of weird art at DIA. 
Yeah. It fit to me. I saw this and I was like, yeah, of course that's at the airport. I, I also kind of like it, but I will say I don't like the name. Welcome to my office with a lounging guy. Just a little bit like, I don't know. I don't, a little Too creepy. Schmucky. A little schmucky, yeah. yeah. Anyway, but also, Lucifer, not its official name. So here's my question. What should we call this guy? This bronze businessman. Yeah, that's a good question. Bronzifer? No. No, Bronston? He's, he's Mr. Bronston. Mr. Bronston. <laughs> also, I would love to know if you have more information out there about where this piece came from, because a very nice Twitter follower of mine, and I wish I could remember your name, said that you recognize this piece from um, being on the street somewhere in a public space in Greeley. So if it lived somewhere else before, I would love to know more about it. But yeah, if you have a name for... Welcome your, to my office. Your best alternate name for the lounging businessman at DIA. Call in at uh, 720-500-5418. Again, that number is 720-500-5418. Well, thanks for joining me, Paul. My pleasure, Bree. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell artist Seward Johnson about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.